Hello, and welcome to ESG Matters at Ashurst. I'm Anna-Marie Slot, Global Sustainability and ESG Partner here at Ashurst, and I have the great pleasure in being joined today by yachtsman James Hereda. James is the skipper and team principal at the Gen 2 Sailing Team, and we at Ashurst are delighted to have partnered with Gen 2 Sailing Team, whose innovative vision and sustainability ambitions reflect our own. James has competed in many of the world's largest offshore races, in the process becoming a two-time British double-handed national champion with renowned teammate Dee Kafari. James is the youngest skipper currently entered in the next Vendée Globe race, and in November 2024 will become the youngest competitor to embark from France on this 25,000 nautical mile solo nonstop round-the-world yacht race. Thank you so much for joining me today, James. Uh, you have a couple of busy years ahead of you, but maybe can you give us a little background about how you got into sailing and what that means for you? Yeah, sure. Well, that, thank you so much for, for having me. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm 25 years old. I was born and grew up in, in Singapore, actually, uh, and started sailing when I was about 11 years old, I think. Um, and I grew up, I did a, a very... Uh, traditional route into sailing so started competing in in small sailing dinghies such as the the laser class um, and then when I was a little bit older around 16 transitioned into into more and more yacht racing so that was mostly fully fully crewed um, and competed in in some of the world's largest offshore races such as the fastnet race Sydney to Hobart Caribbean 600 and, and middle sea race um, and then I went to university here here in the UK and while here I transitioned into more shorthanded sailing. So teamed up with a tremendous sailor, Dee Kafari, who was actually the, the first woman to sail in both directions around the world. And um, our our goal together was to win a, a gold medal for Great Britain in the Paris Olympics. Uh, and this this is actually where Gentoo Sailing Team was was born, which Funnily enough, the, the name Gentoo Sailing Team is actually named after after one of the fastest breeds of penguin, which we thought was was relevant. Um, and and we had some fantastic success in in this class together. We won, as you said, we won two British national championships and and also represented the country in in the European Championships as well. Um, unfortunately, two years after we started that campaign, uh, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, laid a dropped this class from from the Olympics and it left me wondering what what to do next I I felt that my my sailing career wasn't yet over and I hadn't achieved what I what I set out to um so after after doing a lot of thinking and um considering different options I decided I would take a, a bit of time out to go and explore three different classes of sailing that I I've always been passionate about and, and fascinated in which is the the TP52 Super Series which is a, an inshore circuit, fully crewed. The ocean race, which is a fully crewed um, offshore event. So that is sort of a, a staged race around the world. And then finally, the, the Vendée Globe. Um, th these were all dream goals of mine. So after this disappointment around the Olympic uh, sort of class, um, I went off and, and sailed in each of these disciplines uh, to determine which, which one I wanted to pursue. And pretty safe to say that I, I fell in love with, with the Amoka class um, and the type of boats very, very quickly. Um, it's just the, the speed that they sail at, how complex they are to sail, uh, the types of individuals racing them, 
um, and some of the challenges involved with with sailing them, and and also with just the nature of the races that that the teams are competing in, such as the the Vendée Globe. Um, I just uh, yeah fell in love with and, and found fascinating, uh, and it was a little bit like a magnet to me. So um, I decided that I wanted to compete in in this Vendée Globe race, which is a, a solo non-stop and unassisted race around the world it takes place every four years so it follows the the olympic cycle um and it's not just but well, at least for, for me it's it's not just about the competitive element it's also about the the human endeavor and, and the adventure side as well that i find uh find amazing um it takes us as sailors to some of the most remote rugged parts and and some of the most unexplored parts of the planet where for for much of the race the closest people to me are actually going to be in the, in the international space station. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, shortly after I, I put together a campaign um, with Gentry sailing team still to focus on the Amoka globe series and, and the Spondo globe race. And now we're just over a year in and I've realized that it's harder work um, than I, I could have ever imagined, but incredibly rewarding. And the, the racing is extremely exciting. Um, and I'm also re really pleased with how we've progressed as a team, and and also some of the partnerships that we've uh, we've managed to create, in including this one with with Ashurst. Um, and when we started this sort of journey towards the Vendée Globe, it seemed like a, a long time away. However, now I'm sat here just over a year until the start of the Vendée, very much looking down the barrel of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's incredibly exciting. So so that's a little snapshot about my my sailing and, and where we are now. Excellent. Sounds fascinating. And, you know, there are a couple of things in there that we're we're lucky enough to have you for a number of podcasts. So this is the first of, of a few, um, but interesting points around resilience and adaptation, right? And, and, and dealing with overcoming obstacles and obstacles in there that we'll explore in some other um, episodes with you. Um, here today, we were going to focus on, of course, sustainability, given, uh, given who you are and who I am. So, you know, your biggest resource is the ocean, obviously. And it, and as you say, you know, you're going to be in a place where you're not going to be near a lot of other people, but you are going to be in the middle of, of one of our biggest ecosystems. And frankly, not a very well understood one, probably given the size of it on our planet and its importance. When you think about sustainability as a, as a sailor, um, what is it that comes to mind for you? Uh, so I've I've always been intrigued by by the ocean um, and and aware of its importance and fragility and I think um, for me that that's probably stemmed from just the amount of time that I've I've spent on the water or by the water um, and the and to be able to see it change uh, over time and and also the the differences in between the the different oceans that I I sail in as well um, which I find find fascinating and I'm I'm very fortunate to be able to call it my racetrack um for for me I think sustainability it's it's obviously a, a huge subject which I think can often to people can be a little bit um intimidating uh because it is so big um but for me sustainability is is really comes down to the the long-term protection of of our planet as a, as a whole um it's Definition, of course, is to maintain our our natural resources and and have a uh, ecological balance, um, which which I actually think is is often um, 
I guess pr probably not the best way to, to describe it anymore, uh, because I think we find ourselves in a position today where where we actually need to reclaim back what we've what we've lost. Um, and so something like the word reparation would probably be a, a better term to use for, for the subject now. Um, but personally, I, I think it's two, two things. I, I think of the uh, technology aspects, so the development of, of new materials, technologies, innovations that can all be used to strengthen the environment um, and work towards a, a better future. Um, but also the, the more visible side and the side that I think most people see, which is the, the picture that I, that I would have in my mind of a, a thriving ocean. So it's stable in its ability to, to regulate the climate. It's able to generate the oxygen we need. And it's a, a body of water that's free of plastic pollution um, and teeming with wildlife. Um, and I think sort of on the side of that, it, it's properly managed um, and, and looked after by us as well. And I think that in my eyes is, is what sustainability is. Yeah, interesting. It is that regenerative aspect, right? We're not at balance and, and, and that's where people need to get back to. Um, you know, a lot of people focus on trying to understand where, where we are and how we get back to balance. Uh, I understand that you are indeed um, doing two jobs on your round the world trip. Not only are you going to be skippering and staying alive uh, through rather complicated situations, I'm sure, <laughs> but also you're going to be taking uh, water samples during uh, during your your trip. Can you can you just give us a little background? Where how did that come about? What do you hope to um, to see from the research that that you're going to be contributing into? Yeah, sure. So so that's a, a really exciting project for for me personally. Um, and so what we've done is we we've partnered up with a, a local university um, near where we're based in down near near Portsmouth, um, and uh, with the effectively the objective to to collect data um, that either hasn't been collected before um, generally, or at least hasn't been collected before in the areas that, that we will be sailing. Um, and I think a, an interesting fact that, that I love is that we, we know less about our oceans than the face of the moon, um, which is staggering because we um, in general spend, spend so much time in it, at it or, or on it. Um, so our, our role as a team in this data collection is to provide the scientists with a greater understanding of of what's happening to our waters um, and give them uh, sort of the fundamentals to decide what action we really need to take to to combat the adverse impacts of, of humans. Um, so we're we're doing various things um, as well as taking water samples. We're also trying to complete the first uh, the world's first uh, sound scan of the seas and it'll be a, hopefully a, a non-stop one around the world. Uh, and this will give us a better understanding of how noise pollution is affecting the wildlife and migration patterns. Um, and uh, and then also when, when it comes to the, the actual sampling of water, um, that's mostly focused around sort of the, the DNA um, and be able to, to give us a better understanding of the wildlife found in, in different areas of our ocean and, and also over the period of years to, to be able to determine how that's changing um, and how our sort of um, what what our actions are on on land and on the water is impacting that um, that change as well. Um, so one of the areas that is a particular focus and an area of the ocean that or the world um, that's relatively unexplored still is the Southern Ocean, um, and I'm going to be spending a huge amount of time down there in in the Vendée Globe. Um, 
and it's an area that very few ships go um even you know research vessels there there aren't many down there there's a few naval ships down there but um we we know so little about this but the southern ocean is is one of the most important bodies of water as it's one of the primary mixing zones between the major oceans um and it's crucial to the circulation of water around our planet so it's it's going to be a, a really interesting area to study and to look at and i'm i have no doubt that some of the data that we'll collect will be um hopefully uh revolutionize what what we do next and and how we manage that that area of our our planet mm, no definitely and i think water is probably not something when people think about sustainability or esg you know people tend to go towards climate and that's an important place to be but the the whole point of of having multiple letters in the acronym or to think about it from a sustainability broad perspective is that there's lots of aspects to it and water is a huge huge component of what it means to create a, an environment and a system that works for us today but will also work for people tomorrow um you know we spend a lot of time talking with our clients working with our clients about challenges they're facing and how they're trying to reimagine what they're doing and how they're trying to gauge what they're doing now, but then think, how do I change what I'm doing so that it does become resilient and, and, and sustainable for the future? And a lot of that's around, you know, changing, essentially changing how we think about what we do um, as, as companies and as people. Um, when it comes to ocean stewardship, you know, you, you as you said, you've, you've been on, you know, you've been with the sea now for, for most of your life. Um, what do you think is key to kind of reimagining that ocean stewardship? You know, vast parts of the ocean are not quote unquote owned by anyone. Um, and there's work around treaties um, recently with that, but it's as, as someone who kind of lives in that space, what do you think? I, I think it's, it's so difficult. Um, and, and you alluded to the fact that it's, it's not, managed by any one particular country or, or government so it's it does make it really tr tricky to um uh, to protect um and and i think it needs to start at uh sort of government level um because th that's where a lot of these decisions are, are going to be made um that can then trickle down into uh what you know even ships coming from uh, various different countries um, that they're all going to be bound by the the laws that they're registered in. And um, I think when it comes down even um, uh, even lower than that to to actually organizations, um, I think that one of the most important parts is is the the strategy and and the relevance of the work being carried out. Um, I think, with sustainability, a, a long-term strategy, it, it needs to be adopted. Um, unfortunately, our changes to to the actions um, that we have are, um, you know, we don't see the benefits of them overnight necessarily. Um, so we need, you know, we need to give it often several years um, before we can notice this this impact. Um, and so, what we ask ourselves at, at Gentoo is, you know, what do we want to have achieved in two years' time or or five years' time? Um, we, we do this by Vendée cycles, I guess, so four years and eight years, um, but also trying to determine the, the measurement of success that we have or, or how do we track the, the progress um, or, or the benefits of our actions. So 
you know, we're, we're working with alternate energy generation solutions, um, the development of new materials or, or even recycled composites, actually, uh, which can take years to develop. But hopefully when they are ready, um, they they could significantly impact the, the future of how we, you know, for us, not just build fast racing yachts, but, but are also applicable into into other industries, whether it's, you know, constructing buildings or cars, homes, um, uh, any, anything. Um, and I think I think beyond that as well, it's the the relevance. So this is where I think um, you know the the most change will will happen is is when we can develop very relevant um, uh, innovations um, and ones that can be adopted widely by by others. Um, I think it's it's great if we're doing something really meaningful for Gentoo Sailing Team, but if we're trying to do this for the bettering of our planet um, we need to do do stuff that's going to be applicable to to other people uh, or other teams and other industries um so uh i i think we need to feed what we're doing um and i'm going to use gentoo as an example but we need to feed what we're doing as as a sailing team into companies governments um and and organizations in order for us and them to to excel um and prosper and I think that's the golden ticket is when when companies can see profitability from doing good. Um, and for, for us, it comes down to can we improve the performance of, of us as a sailing team um, while doing good and, and proving to the world that being sustainable does, does, not, not, does not need to come at the cost to the environment. Um, and that's sort of our, our tagline that, that we're using um, to, to, <laughs> to help show what, uh, what we're trying to achieve. And, um, and then I think after this, it, it's the solutions that will be adopted because um, there's a gain to be had. Uh, and it's the same with in, in business. Um, if you can find a profitable and, and a competitive advantage, I guess, um, by operating in a sustainable way, then it doesn't just benefit you, but it'll be ad adopted widely and, um, and end up benefiting the very thing that we're trying to save, which is, which is our planet. Yeah. Yeah. Or even ourselves on the planet. I think the planet will stick around. It's been through a, a number of different uh, rounds of um, occupation. We're, we're just one of them. Um, I hope so. So <laughs> hopefully we can. And I think, <laughs> I think um, just, I think what, one of the, one of the things that I'm fascinated about with, with Ashurst is, um, is what, what you guys are doing. And um, I know the work that, that yourself and your team is, is not just for the benefit of Ashurst. Um, you, you alluded earlier that it's, um, it's also about driving sustainable initiatives with, with your clients and the markets in which you operate in. Um, and I think, um, you know, it's clear that, that your footprint as, as Ashurst for positive change um, is a lot larger than, than just Ashurst, Ashurst itself. Uh, it also trickles into some of the other, you know, huge corporations that, that you work with. Um, and, uh, and it's encouraging for me to see the influence that, that you can have globally. Um, and uh, and share the ethos that, that we have as a team as well. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it really is. It's it's about raising that awareness for people and getting everyone thinking about it and thinking about what transformation needs to happen. And really is that transformation. I mean, it's easy for people to go on, you know, in their everyday, but when we can take things like, you know, the innovations that, you know, high performance teams like yourselves are working on, you take that innovation, you think about, you know, how do you game change what you're doing? You take that same mentality, you bring it into 
business and say, okay, how, how can I game change what I'm doing? If I were to start what I'm doing today, knowing what I know, would I do it differently? You know, is there a space in those conversations within companies? And I think, you know, we, we try to get people to think more broadly. This is, you know, the, the, the open up the, the parameters of what you consider um, when you think about what you're doing uh, on a transactional basis or an advisory basis and put that in that broader context so clients can then think for themselves, okay, well, let me let me take that lens on and expand where I'm where I'm considering from just everything that I thought yesterday mattered, but everything that will matter tomorrow, which is which is hard. People have to make space for that. Um, and yeah, you know, and they and you have to be you you really do have to be dedicated to get to that outcome um, because you got a lot of other things going on in your life. Um, you know, and, and uh, organization is made up of people, right? So, yeah. Um, which brings me to my next question. Everybody always wants to to know um, wh- whenever I do these podcasts, uh, what is what is what is your own personal commitment to kind of net zero or sustainability in, in the next few years? You're gonna. I don't think you're gonna be consuming a lot. You're you're gonna be on a on a pretty contained area. Um, but I'd be, I think everybody would be fascinated to know, like, what does that, what does that look like, um, on a boat around the world by yourself? Yeah. So we, um, we're, well, I, am really conscious of, of the waste that we have as a, as a team. So, you know, even comes down to the most simple things, which we've, we've all been taught long ago, which is, you know, no plastic water bottles and, and things like that. Um, but I, I'm going to try and use or I'm using Gentoo Sailing Team as, as a platform to help um, promote uh, our commitment to to sustainability and, and net zero. And so our aim or um, as a team is to be net zero for the 2024 funding. Um, so by, uh, you know, by the end of next year, um, we want to be net, net zero. And and then that extends to 2028, which we hope to actually be, um, be negative. Um, and so I, I want to play a role in in the creation of new ideas and, and technologies. Um, I think with a, a similar reference to, to the companies that we were discussing, discussing earlier um, and create these uh, ideas and technologies that will be adopted and, and relevant for, for others. Um, also, the, the other thing that's new this year is I, I've actually become an ambassador for the Boomerine Foundation um, and hoping to use myself as, as a voice for for positive change and support some of the amazing work that they're doing too. Uh, and it, this goes again from the most local projects, which is things like uh, oyster restoration work in the Hamble River, which is near where I live, uh, all the way up to, um, you know, educating um, pupils in schools about the importance of our oceans, the need for proper management, um, and, and also some of the exciting things that happen inside of our our oceans, um, which will hopefully spur this this generation to to take more action and be um, intrigued by our waters, because I also think that's a you know a really strong um, building block is when it comes from education. Uh, I think so far we've done such a great job of educating people around the importance of our forests and and wooded areas, um, but as as you said earlier, the ocean is such a um, uh, often forgotten about um part of the world um because it it feels a little bit out of touch um and a lot of what happens happens underwater where we can't see it as well yeah 
Yeah, yeah. So, so last question for you. I mean, we've talked about a lot of different things. I think there are a lot of themes that have come up that that hopefully will resonate with different people. We've talked about um, innovation. We talked briefly about goal setting and 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 setting targets and setting interim targets, which I think is key to delivery. If you think something's ten years away. Um, you know, it seems like you have a lot of time. Uh, I, I like to instead think that think of the the number. We're seventy eight months from twenty thirty. So, to the extent that people are making twenty thirty um, commitments, that that action needs to be happening now. Um, but from your perspective, if you know, if you could get people listening to to kind of take one action or do one thing, what do you think? What what, what would that be? And you can have more than one, actually, if you want. <laughs> um, I think it's. It's probably to become involved in uh, in in bigger projects. So, yes, not using plastic shopping bags when you go to the supermarket and and things like that. But I think I think more so even is to to be involved um, with uh, whether it's organisations like something like the Blue Marine Foundation or um, or become involved in in projects whether they're governmental or uh, within Ashurst or the organisation that that you might work for. Um, and at the end of the day, I think I think this is the the level that we need to direct our focus to um, is is the large corporations and governments that, that in the end of the day will drive a lot of the change that we need. Um, and I believe that the market will then always always follow. Um, so yes, do your you know day to day things that do make a difference if if everyone does it and adds up, um, but also become involved with uh, with bigger projects. Fantastic. Um, no, definitely, you know, engage and be a stakeholder. Um, people respond to stakeholder pressure. Uh, so that yeah, has absolutely. been, it's been great talking to you today, James, and, and I really appreciate your time. Uh, I'm sure your schedule is is packed with preparation and, and all sorts of other um, aspects of getting ready. Um, we wish you and the whole team the best of luck on your global race. Um, clearly it is a team after effort. So, so all the best for you and we'll be looking out for updates along the way. Yeah. And th thank you so much for, for having me today. It's really interesting to have this conversation and um, I look forward to, to working together on some of these projects coming up. And then to our listeners, thank you for listening to ESG Matters at Asher's. To make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes, including additional episodes with James, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, you can listen uh, to any of our previous episodes, and please feel free to leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening, and goodbye for now. Bye.